ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so the hadith that we begin with today is the hadith of abu huraira رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله قال من عاد لي وليا فقد آذنته بالحرب وما تقرب إلي عبدي بشيء أحب إلي مما افترضته عليه وما يزال عبدي يتقرب إلي بالنوافل حتى أحبه فإذا أحببته كنت سمعه الذي يسمع به وبصره الذي يبصر به ويده التي يبطش بها ورجله التي يمشي بها وَلَئِنْ سَأَلَنِي لَأُعْطِيَنَّهُ وَلَئِنْ اسْتَعَاذَنِي لَأُعِيذَنَّهُ وَمَا تَرَدَّدْتُ عَنْ شَيْءٍ أَنَا فَاعِلُهُ تَرَدُّدِي عَنْ قَبْضِ نَفْسِ الْمُؤْمِنِ يَكْرَهُ الْمَوْتِ وَأَكْرَهُ مَسَاءَتَهُ وَلَا بُدَّ لَهُ مِنْهُ رواه البخاري this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ informs us of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us regarding the characteristics of the awliya of Allah. The characteristics of the awliya of Allah. And it's important that we understand and we recognize what those characteristics are in reality. Because many people out there claim to be from the awliya of Allah. Many people out there misguide others under the guise of being from the awliya of Allah. So it's important to distinguish who in reality is a wali from the awliya of Allah and who in reality is from the awliya of a shaitan. Here in the hadith it mentions some of the characteristics. الشيخ السعدي رحمه الله منشنز أخبر أن معادات أوليائه معادات له ومحاربة له Firstly at the beginning of the hadith it mentions that whomsoever is at war or opposes the awliya of Allah 
has enmity to the awliya of Allah, then Allah has declared war upon him, upon those who declare enmity against the awliya of Allah. وَمَنْ كَانَ مُتَصَدِّيًا لِعَدَاوَةِ الرَّبِّ وَمُحَارَبَةِ مَالِكِ الْمَلِكِ فَهُوَ مَخْذُولٌ And anybody who is prepared to face this consequence, the consequence of Allah being at war with you due to your enmity, to the awliya of Allah, then that person is certainly completely deceived with himself and lost. وَمَنْ تَكَفَّلَ اللَّهُ بِالذَّنْبِ عَنْهُ فَهُوَ مَنْصُورٌ وَذَلِكَ لِكَمَالِ مُوَافَقَةِ أَوْلِيَاءِ اللَّهِ لِلَّهِ فِي مَحَابِهِ فِي مَحَابِهِ فَأَحَبَّهُمْ وَقَامَ بِكِفَايَتِهِمْ وَكَفَاهُمْ مَا أَهَمَّهُمْ as for the awliya of Allah, then the characteristic that distinguishes them and identifies them is their uprightness and their obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their fulfillment of the commandments upon them, their obedience to Allah and His Messenger, their clinging to the sunnah, their application of the sunnah, all of these are signs upon a true wali from the awliya of Allah. He is a person who is righteous, a person who is pious, a person who is obedient to Allah, obedient and fulfills the commandments of the Qur'an and the Sunnah upon him. They are the types of people who will be from the awliya of Allah. As for those who claim to be awliya of Allah, yet they are in opposition to the Qur'an and the Sunnah, in opposition to the commandments of Allah, opposition to the revelation, then those types of people are certainly not from the awliya of Allah. The Sufis and their likes, they claim that their imams are from the awliya of Allah, yet their imams when you examine that, you note that their imams are people who do not even pray in some instances, because they believe they have reached such a level that they do not need to pray anymore. They abandon the prayer and believe themselves to be from the awliya of Allah, then certainly they are from the awliya of a shaytan. They perform all types of other sins, all types of other disobedience, all types of opposition to the Qur'an and the sunnah, 
their bid'ah, innovations and misguidances. Yet they believe with all of that, they are from the awliya of Allah. The one who performs these innovations and misguidances, performs all of this opposition to the commandments of Allah, then that individual is not from the awliya of Allah. That person is from the awliya of a shaitan. So the true awliya of Allah, الَّذِينَ تَقَرَّبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ بِأَدَاءِ الْفَرَائِضِ They are those who firstly seek closeness to Allah through fulfilling the obligations upon them. Through fulfilling the obligations upon them. And the greatest of those obligations is no doubt Tawheed. And then from amongst those great obligations, the five obligatory prayers, an individual who abandons those five obligatory prayers of the day, then it is not possible that this individual is from the awliya. Look at the example of the Sahaba, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu, when he was stabbed, when he was stabbed in the Fajr prayer on that time, his wound had penetrated him such that it is mentioned blood was gushing out of it and that when he would drink milk, it would come out from that wound. Such was the severity of it when he was stabbed. And then Al-Majusi, after he stabbed Umar radiallahu anhu, he fled. And as he was fleeing, he was stabbing other people and six others died too. And then he went and committed suicide. But Umar ibn al-Khattab, when he was wounded to that level, it is mentioned that the Fajr time came. And one of them entered upon him and said to him, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, as-salah. O Amir al-Mu'mineen, the prayer. And he is now in this state where he has recently been stabbed with severe stabbing, severe wound. And Umar ibn al-Khattab at the time of Fajr when he is awoken for it, he says, Naam, yes, yes, for indeed there is no share in Islam for the one who abandons the prayer. That was his statement in that state. In that state with that severe, severe wound that he carried, blood gushing from it as the narration say, milk would come out from it when he drunk as the narration say. And when he is told about the prayer, reminded about the prayer, he says, Naam, absolutely. For indeed there is no share in Islam for the one who abandons the prayer. 
Such was the importance given to the prayer. So the one who abandons that does not even bring himself to pray five times a day, then that individual cannot believe that he is from the awliya of Allah. That individual is threatened with kufr. Narrations talking about the one who abandons the prayer being kafir. Many of the scholars holding the opinion that if you do not pray properly, regularly, five times a day, you abandon prayers out of laziness, that the ruling of kufr can be placed upon you. In the hadith, إِنَّ الْعَهْدُ إِنَّ الْعَهْدَ الَّذِي بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَهُمُ الصَّلَاةِ فَمَنْ تَرَكَهَا فَقَدْ كَفَرُ That indeed the covenant between us and them, the barrier between us and them, between iman and kufr is the prayer. فَمَنْ تَرَكَهَا فَقَدْ كَفَرُ So whomsoever abandons that, has disbelieved. And in one narration, فَقَدْ أَشْرَكَ The one who abandons the prayer, then he has committed shirk. With these narrations in mind, and more than that, by plentiful amounts, on the narration regarding the day of judgment, when your accountability occurs, إِنَّ أَوَّلَ مَا يُسْأَلُ عَنْهُ الْعَبْدِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ الصَّلَاةِ Indeed the first thing a servant will be asked about on the day of judgment is his prayer. The prayer, if that is intact, then it is hoped the remainder of your Islam will be intact. But if your prayer is not intact, you did not guard over your prayer, then what is expected of you to guard over the rest of your Islam? And that is why some of them, they used to say, the last thing that exits from a person is his prayer. Meaning when your prayer is gone, you no longer pray, you abandon the prayer, then your Islam is gone. So the affair of the prayer is severe. The Prophet wasallam on the night of Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj, given that revelation of the prayer, fifth, prayers per day initially and then reduced down to five prayers per day indicating how Allah loves this act of worship when you recite Al-Fatiha Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Allah replies to you you say Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Allah replies to you Maliki yawmiddin, Allah replies to you. Hence the scholars have said, it is like a conversation between yourself and your Lord when you pray. And no other worship is like that. When you are in prostration, the Prophet ﷺ said, 
أقرب ما يكون العبد من الله وهو ساجد the closer or the closest a servant can be to his Lord is when you are in prostration so with all of this in mind how can those misguided individuals claim to be from the awliya of Allah and they have abandoned the prayer the sheikh says therefore from the signs of the awliya of Allah those who truly are from the awliya of Allah firstly that they will guard over the obligations upon them and at the head of those is the prayer the fasting the zakat the hajj and joining the good and forbidding the evil all of these characteristics even enjoining the good and forbidding the evil, a characteristic that Allah has mentioned of this ummah, as opposed to those who came before, rather some of those who came before were destroyed due to the lack of enjoining the good and forbidding the evil. Allah mentions كنتم خير أمة أخرجت للناس تأمرون بالمعروف وتنهون عن المنكر You are the best of those raised up from the people You enjoy the good and you forbid the evil A characteristic Allah mentions of this Ummah that we enjoy the good and we forbid the evil. Just as the Prophet said, Man ra'a minkum munkara, whomsoever sees an evil from amongst you, falyughayyirhu biyadih, then let him change that with his hand, if you have the authority and are capable. فَإِن لَمْ يَسْتَطِعْ فَبِلِسَانِهِ and if you're not able to enjoin the good and forbid the evil physically, then with your tongue, with your speech, فَإِن لَمْ يَسْتَضِعْ فَبِقَلْبِهِ وَذَلِكَ أَضْعَفُ الْإِيمَانِ And if you cannot even do that, then hate this evil in your heart. And that is the weakest of the iman. Enjoining the good and forbidding the evil. It is one of the characteristics of this ummah. In Surah Al-Asr. Wal-Asr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Illa al-ladhina amanu amilu salihat. Watawasaw bil-haq. Watawasaw bil-sab. Watawasaw bil-haq. They counsel and advise one another to the truth, warning against the evil and calling to the truth, calling to the upright guidance. This is what is required. This is what is required of a true believer. So for those who are 
truly from the awliya of Allah. They are those who are upright upon the religion. And when we say awliya of Allah, does not mean it has to be from the great scholars. All of those who are upon this righteousness, they are upon fulfilling the obligations of Allah upon them, staying away from the haram and that which is impermissible upon them, then they can be deemed and may be from the awliya of Allah, those whom are from the righteous and the pious of the servants of Allah. Then after the first characteristic of the awliya of Allah, those who fulfill the obligations upon them, the second characteristic is mentioned, ثُمَّ انْتَقَلُوا مِنْ هَذِهِ الدَّرَجَةِ إِلَى التَّقَرُّبِ إِلَيْهِ بِالنَّوَافِلِ That the awliya of Allah, upon fulfilling the obligations, they also move on to the level below, or the next level after, which is to perform the supererogatory, the nawafil, to perform the optional acts of worship. And that is the higher levels of the believer. The higher levels of the believer, those who reach the level of being mu'min, and to the level of being a muhsin, then they are those who fulfill not only the obligations, but on top of that, the supererogatory and the nawafil. Now in particular, these days that are approaching us, these days that are approaching us very soon, in another few days, the month of Dhul Hijjah will begin. And when the month of Dhul Hijjah begins, the first ten days of it are the best ten days of the year, even better than the last ten days of Ramadan. Not the nights, but the days. Better than the last ten days of Ramadan. These ten days that are approaching us, that will begin in a few days, a few days remaining before the first of the Hijjah. These days are blessed days. Qatada from the Tabi'een, Rahimahullah even mentioned that due to the greatness and the virtue and the blessing of these days, the one who sins in these days, then his sin is magnified compared to the other days. Because these months, Dhul Qi'dah, Dhul Hijjah, they are from the sacred months that Allah mentioned. It's from the sacred months. And these ten days, particularly from the virtuous days, an opportunity for a person to increase in his worship. All four of the Imams, Al-Imam Abu Hanifa, Al-Imam Malik, Al-Imam Al-Shafi'i, Al-Imam Ahmed, Rahimahumullah, 
They were all of the opinion that it is a sunnah for you to fast these nine days, the tenth day obviously being the day of Eid, but to fast the nine days up to that, the ninth day being the day of Arafah, the day that the Prophet said regarding it, يُكَفِّرُ السَّنَةَ الْمَاضِيَةِ وَالْبَاقِيَةِ It expiates the sins of the previous year and the future year. Expiates the sins of the previous year, that is clear. How does it expiate the sins of the upcoming year? So some of the scholars, they said, that even if you sin, you will be given the tawfiq from Allah to repent and seek forgiveness and to be forgiven for the sins that occur in the upcoming year. Such is the virtue. So fasting on these days is something prescribed as an optional act. Also recitation of the Qur'an, giving in charity, all of these good acts of worship, are prescribed and there is zeal and encouragement and enthusiasm upon them in these days of the hijjah Sa'id ibn Jubayr. It is mentioned about Sa'id ibn Jubayr that he used to strive so much in these ten days. So much that he was barely capable of what he was doing. Meaning that he was pushing himself to the absolute limit in terms of his worship in these days. So now when we talk about the awliya of Allah, these ten days will identify to you and distinguish for you those who are truthful, and indeed they are from the awliya of Allah. And those who are false claimants of that, instead of worshipping Allah, they engage in bid'i wa dalalat, innovations and misguidances, all types of oppositions, instead of recognizing the sanctity, the sacredness of these times and of these months and of these days and being from the dutiful servants of Allah. So do not be confused when the Sufiyyah and their likes, they come to you and they say, the Imams are from the great awliya of Allah. When in reality you look at the Imams, and they are as far as they could be from the Sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, then they are not from the awliya of Allah. Being from the awliya of Allah is not based upon just your intention. As we've mentioned many a time before, كَمْ مِنْ مُرِيدٍ لِلْخَيْرِ لَمْ يُصِبْهُ As the Salaf mentioned, how many people desiring good never achieve it. Doesn't matter how much they say to you, we are intending goodness and our actions are being done sincerely for Allah, the jama'atul tabligh and these people, they will come to you. A brother narrated to me recently, they came to him and they said, come and sit in our gatherings, 
come and sit in our gatherings. The brother said to them, but you people, you are not upon the sunnah, and your gatherings are not upon the sunnah. And essentially, he refuted this individual and their practices. So what was the response of the tablighi? It was not a response of fighting back and refuting back and trying to defend himself and defend his imam and defend their beliefs. He comes with a statement that may beguile and may deceive many a person. He says to him, okay brother, make dua for us. As if to make you think and to soften your heart. Look, mashaAllah, how good they are. I've just refuted him, refuted his beliefs and his imams and their gatherings. And he says to me, okay brother, jazakallah khair, make dua for us. Do not be deceived by what you see of mannerisms. Do not be deceived by their claim of good intention. Good intention alone does not bring you success. Rather it is the sincerity in intention and the following of the sunnah. So the awliya of Allah will be those who seek closeness to Allah with sincerity and upon following the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. That is something we hear often. We hear it often. Following the sunnah, cling to the sunnah. But you need to realize how important that affair is. How important it is that a servant of Allah clings to the guidance Allah has given you. You stray away from that for a moment and you do not know what may impact upon your heart. And that is why the salaf, some of them, when the people of innovation came by, some of the salaf would put their fingers into their ears to make sure that not a single word from those innovators enters into them. Lest a word settles in their heart. Lest a word settles in their hearts and impacts upon them and they cannot remove it. So the importance of that, it cannot be stressed enough. Allah mentions in the Qur'an, أَلَا إِنَّ أَوْلِيَاءَ اللَّهِ لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَكَانُوا يَتَّقُونَ That indeed the awliya of Allah, لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ There is no fear upon them. وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ I neither do they grieve upon anything. What is the meaning that there is no fear upon them? Neither do they grieve upon an affair. Then this is referring to their past and their future. They have nothing to fear in the future. Meaning that Allah will have His mercy upon the awliya of Allah, enter them into paradise, they will not have anything to fear. 
And as for they have nothing to grieve over, meaning the past, that Allah will forgive for them their sins. So they have no fear from the future, and they have nothing to grieve over in the past. Such is the state of those who are from the awliya of Allah. A person will only truly find peace in their hearts, comfort in their heart, when they are able to reach those levels of obedience, when they strive to ensure that they are fulfilling everything they can, and strive to guard themselves against the haram, when they strive with this zeal to make all of their lives in ubudiyya to Allah, in worship to Allah, in submission to Allah, that is the servant who will find ease in of himself, and will find ease in his affairs. So it is shocking, wallahi it is shocking some of the things that you hear from the misguided ones, when they belittle the affair of Tawheed, they belittle the affair of your relationship to Allah, belittle the affair of a servant and his remembrance and supplication and connection to his Lord. And they are ignorant of all of what Allah has told us regarding the success being in that obedience and at the head of it the tawheed the application and the tahqiq of la ilaha illallah so as for those who then come and they say this will not rectify society then wallahi those individuals are from the most ignorant even if they claim to be from the students and they are certainly not from the students then. So here, Allah tells us there is no fear upon the awliya, and they have nothing to grieve from that which has passed. And this is a promise of Allah upon those whom are from His awliya in reality. And there are several other points mentioned in the narration that the best thing a person can seek closeness to Allah with is the obligatory actions. And then after that also the supererogatory and the optional actions. And for the one who does all of that, it mentions that Allah will aid that person and be in the assistance of that person in all of his affairs, in whatever he does, in his hearing, his seeing, his actions, where he goes, and if that wali from the awliya asks Allah, then Allah will give it to him. And you seek protection from Allah, and Allah will give it to you. So this is the reward and the goodness that is given to those who are the righteous servants of Allah. Those who are the pious, the righteous from the servants of Allah. When Salih was sent to his people Thamud, and he called them to the worship of Allah, 
And many of them, they refused. He said to them, Why are you so hasty in going to the sins? And you abandon what will bring you success, what will bring you the mercy of Allah. And that is obedience to Allah. A servant needs to reflect upon his state, needs to reflect on what is happening with his life. What have you done in the yesterday, the day before, the day before? What have you done in the week before and the week before? What have you done in the year and the two years before? If a servant sees that his life is not based upon and revolving around his worship to Allah, then that individual needs to contemplate and ponder and reflect such that he changes his life so that it is based upon the point and the pinnacle and the objective of worship to Allah, because that is the objective of our creation. It is not to work and it is not to do this and that in the worldly affairs. Take from the world what you require. Beyond that, it is not your objective, it is only temporary. It will come and it will go. As one of the Salaf, they said, this whole world is like a dream. Somebody went to sleep and you saw a dream, a nice dream with the beautifications of what you love. But then all of a sudden, you awaken from that dream and it's all gone. They said, this world is the same. You are like in a dream. These beauties and glitters of the world and you chase after the money and whatever else. And in an instant, your life will be over and you will be death upon you in your grave resurrected. The dream will be gone. In an instant, just like you wake up from your sleep. So this world is temporary, do not make it something established for yourself. Strive to be from the awliya of Allah. And these, these 10 days, these 10 days that are coming now of the hijjah is another great opportunity. Another great opportunity for rectification. 10 days that are the best 10 days of the year. Better than the last 10 days of Ramadan even. So strive, make dua, constantly asking Allah to make you better. Make dua for yourselves, for your families, for your children. So that rectification may come to you. And strive upon the means for your dua to be accepted. Leave off from the sinning and the wrongdoing and come forth to the obedience and the fulfillment of the obligations of Allah upon you. That which you will be held accountable for on the day of judgment. How much time to the other? So we'll have to conclude upon that narration. 
Adhan for the prayer is in five minutes. Any questions on that or anything regarding the affairs? nothing much to mention it is stated that these 10 days of the hijjah as all of the scholars have mentioned ibn al-qayyim and others the 10 days are superior to the last 10 days of ramadan as for the last 10 nights of ramadan they are the most superior nights of the year but these 10 days of the hijjah not the nights the days they are the most superior of the year. And that is mentioned from many of the Salaf in their actions and how they used to worship. Many of the Sahaba used to fast in these 10 days. All of the four Imams agreed upon the fasting of them. For the nine days, the 10th is Eid itself. So no doubt about the virtue of these 10 days of the Hijjah. What do you mean? Um, like a scholar says something and these ignorant people, they, they come out with it. So the awliya of Allah may be attacked by people, and bad may be said about them, and they may be criticized. There is no issue in that whatsoever. That is something which has occurred from the beginning of time. Every prophet and messenger, all of them had, all of the messengers had enemies against them. And in fact, when you look into the history, the prophets and messengers, most of them, the majority of people were with them or opposed to them. Opposed to them. In the narration, the Prophet says, I saw a prophet and he didn't have except a handful of followers. I saw a man, a prophet, and he did not have except one or two followers only. And I saw a prophet, he didn't have a single person with him. So there were many, many opposers. Many who spoke ill of the prophets and messengers. The prophet Muhammad wasallam. they said about him that he is a magician, he is a madman. So criticism and enmity against the awliya of Allah occurs. That does not detract from them, it detracts from the ones who are criticizing and showing the enmity. That's why Allah said in that hadith Qudsi, whomsoever shows enmity to the awliya of Allah, then Allah is at war with them. If a group of jama'at al-tabligh, they come up to you 
and start encouraging you to go with them or to sit with them, your response will depend on who you are. If you are a person of knowledge, you're somebody who has studied and have some evidences and proofs and have something with you to be able to advise them properly and to explain their faults and errors, then do so. Because the jama'at al-tabliq are rarely going to be, are rarely going to show conflict. They'll listen to you. So if you're a person capable, then give them that. If you're not capable, you're not able, you don't have the evidences, you don't have nothing memorized, you can't explain, then simply give your uh, excuse to them, tell them that you will not be coming with them, etc. Tell them it's because you are upon your ways which are not correct, and go away, leave them aside, do not get involved in any discussions. If you're not capable, then you're not able to discuss anything with them. If you are capable, then explain to them. Clarify to them their wrongs and their mistakes. Clarify to them their incorrect methodology if somebody comes up to you from them. But if you're not capable, then salams and disappear and do not get involved in discussions with them if they may even be further and better than you in that discussion. So, we'll leave it there then for today. In two weeks time, there will not be a lesson for this. Because in two weeks time, it's possible it will be Eid. In two weeks time on a Friday, either Thursday, Friday, Saturday, one of those days, in two weeks is going to be Eid. So this lesson won't be on then. It will be on, inshallah, the session after that. So, uh, in a few weeks then, inshallah ta'ala, we'll carry on with this up until then we'll conclude. conclude. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين